Hi, everyone. This is Mark Foley. Welcome to The Journey. Let's get back to the light in the star story. Remember the four lessons. Here's what the instructor said that so impacted my thinking about what it means to follow Jesus. Here's the first lesson. This is my airplane, not yours, but I want you to fly it. So do exactly what I say when I say it, and you will have an amazing experience. And the second lesson, if you feel resistance on the controls, don't fight it. It's me keeping you out of trouble. And the third lesson, put your light in his star and keep it there. It's the only job you have. And the fourth lesson, I know this feels unnatural, but the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. Following Jesus is the same thing. So if you get the following right, all the other parts you need to live life effectively on God's terms, roll right out of it. See, following is not done from some removed position so distant that Jesus can't be immediately experienced, and from which we who presume to follow him attempt to control the degree to which we comply with his directives. Just like flying the wing position, following is done closely. It's a matter of position and proximity. The position is submissive, and the proximity is real close. The leader and the follower move as one. So following Jesus is a form of formation flying. I love the sight of the demonstration teams, Air Force Thunderbirds and the Navy Blue Angels. Their ability to fly so close at such high speed in precise formation is all about the light in the star principle. And from my very brief experience, I can assure you that putting my moving light in another guy's moving star and keeping it there requires intense concentration. On that day, the air above South Florida, attempting to stay close to the lead aircraft, my natural inclination was to maintain control. I wanted to look in the direction I was headed. I wanted to monitor the flight indicators. You know, the little dials on the dashboard that tell you if the engine's running right and if you're going up or down. Those seemed like real important things to know. And my brain was screaming, stay in control. But my job was to submit myself to the movement of the other aircraft. So I wasn't looking around. My attention was riveted upon the light on my right wingtip and keeping it centered in the star of the other airplane. My only job was to maintain ultra-close position and to precisely match his moves. It's the same thing with following Jesus. Remaining in position close to him requires intentionality and discipline that has to be learned and practiced. He doesn't send us off to fly loops and flips and impress him with our skills. He gives us assignments and leads us into and through those assignments in perfect formation with him. Most often, those assignments feel impossible and require ever more dependence upon him. And it's all done in such closeness that as others see us, 
they see Jesus. And when they look for Jesus, they see us. So I've come to understand that this is the close order following on his terms that Jesus expects. It is the only job I have. He takes care of the rest. He takes care of direction, of timing, of assignment, of resources, and empowerment, all of the things you need to act with effectiveness. The best part is he promised to conduct the training. Follow me, he said, and I will show you how. Applying the light and the star principle is simple in concept. Just get close, stay there, model the leader. At least it's simple until it's attempted on the absolute terms of a flight instructor or of the creator of the universe. Jesus was addressing a crowd one day, and he said this, If anyone wants to be my follower, he must. And then he filled in some important qualifications about what that meant. He was addressing the crowd about misconceptions about what he expected of those who claimed affiliation with him. Jesus was increasingly surrounded by large groups of people as he traveled. Despite his teaching to the contrary, rumors were circulating that he was headed to the capital city to take control, overthrow the Roman occupation government, and become the much sought-after king of Israel. So wherever he went, a great number of people followed. The most popular topic of conversation among the inner circle of his companions was who would have the most prominent positions in his cabinet once the new kingdom was established. The tendency to think about Jesus as a political leader would continue into the day of his crucifixion at the hands of the Romans. You know, it's easy to understand the depth of disillusionment among those who invested hope in Jesus as a political solution to their national woes. In fact, it's still done. Unfortunately, I find that the hope of Jesus being a political agent remains as popular today as it was then. It was not until the shock of his resurrection and as having been seen and heard alive by many hundreds of people that the political frame began to diminish in favor of a studied approach to understanding exactly who Jesus is and how to grasp his teachings as he intended. My explorations are an extension of that process. So from the perspective of a long look at Scripture, translated through the cockpit of a P-51, I've come to understand six essential characteristics in what Jesus meant when he said, follow me. Here's the first characteristic of following Jesus. It is personal and it is absolute. Back to Jesus and his instruction to the crowd that day. The authors of the message do a particularly good job capturing the meaning of Jesus as he defined the following on his terms, beginning with that absolute expression, he must. If anyone wants to be my follower, he said, he must let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice 
is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? That's in Luke 9.23 in the message. Jesus first used the phrase, follow me, both as an invitation and a directive when he encountered two commercial fishermen who would become members of his inner circle of trusted friends. A follower, as those men discovered, is one who establishes and keeps a personal, lifelong relationship with Jesus as the teacher and they as the learner. But proper understanding of follower goes way beyond a simple teacher-student relationship. It requires unrestricted investment of belief and faith that Jesus is, in fact, God, the creator, master, and commander of all it is or ever will be. Further, following requires belief that his death and resurrection from the dead confirm his authority over all this creation. That authority specifically includes that which you and I typically claim as our own inalienable territory, our will, our decisions, our things, our wants, our plans, the entirety of our lives. The fullness of his meaning is encapsulated in the term Christian. The word literally means Christ follower. So application of the word Christian to your life goes way beyond simply going to church and honoring religious traditions. It requires your personal, unreserved commitment to the full intent of Jesus in your life. Anything less is a frivolous and gross misuse of the word Christian. An honest study of Jesus and of his expectations leads to the clear conclusion of a very logical proposition. It is impossible to follow and not follow. Following Jesus is all in or it is none at all. So here's the second characteristic of following Jesus. It is spiritual and it is active. So how is it possible to follow one who is not physically present? Simply put, it is a spiritual engagement. Following Jesus is first and always conducted in the context of a personal spiritual relationship between you and Jesus. He was clear that the design position for a follower is literally in his presence, just as in precise formation flight. It is ultra close with the follower literally under the wing of the leader. The ability to experience that kind of closeness between you and God is created by God through His Spirit in and with you. It is something that He initiates with His invitation to a personal relationship and with your acceptance of the invitation. Just as computer hardware must be activated to allow the software to run, so your personal spiritual system is activated with your acceptance of God's invitation. So in the moment of that acceptance, Jesus, by means of His Spirit, closes the distance and draws you into His presence. In that close proximity, 
with all the communication switches on, just like the wingman receiving directions from the lead pilot on a radio frequency, God's Spirit engages your thought process and establishes His directions in cognitive, actionable concepts. Those concepts mature into what I've come to view as a tactical and strategic assignments that become the doing of my life. The notion that following Jesus is some sort of passive mystical dance through the church flower garden has not been my experience. I found it to be more like the air battles called dogfights for which the P-51 was designed. It is exciting and constant activity. It's real life filled with quick changes in direction and speed, all directed by God with clear intent and urgent purpose to expand His influence at a particular time and place. It is life on assignment outside the church walls, real time, real world, real life. Following Jesus into those assignments is exceptionally active and once learned has resulted in the most meaningful experiences of my life. So we're going to take a break. Be sure you pick up the next segment. There are three more characteristics I need to tell you about. And be sure you visit our website, EffectiveSolutions.today. Every morning, 5 o'clock, new devotional is posted. Hope you enjoy that. Hey, thanks for checking in. See you soon.